Okay. So, I was in a bit of a dilemma um, uh, towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, and I thought, Lord, I really don't want to open 2020 talking about enlarging your soul through grief and loss and disappointment. But I felt God speak to me quite clearly and say that I was to put out an invitation to all of us because God has got good things in store for all of us this year. He wants to take us on in his plans and his purposes for him. Um, but one of the things that will hold us back in moving into all that God has for us in 2020 are losses, disappointments, and grief. And they are common to humanity. So I felt God wanted me to go ahead with this and um, to issue an invitation at the end because there are things that he wants to do as we enter 2020. So the first thing is, what are we talking about? What are the losses um, that come our way? What are the disappointments that come our way? And, you know, we look at, in the Bible, Job. In one day, he lost everything. He lost ten children. He lost all of his wealth, all of his means of income, all of his sustainability, and he lost his health. All in one day. And the reason that Jesus and the Father have put that book in the Bible is they want us to understand how to handle the losses and disappointments and griefs that come our way in life. Thankfully, most of us, for most of us, loss does not come all in one go like it did for Job. Although, of course, there are places, and we must be mindful of this, places like Australia, where they have lost a tremendous amount all in one day. And there are other places in the world where they sustain traumatic, catastrophic loss. But the losses that you and I face, um, they can be many and they can be varied. So, for example, we can lose, and we all do lose eventually, our youth. No amount of plastic surgery, good exercise and good diet will restore our youth. We can lose our dreams. There may be things that we longed for and we hoped for. Maybe we lose our career. In all families, there are deaths, and these are very real and very grievous. Or loss might come to us through a divorce or a breakup, through illness. <clears throat> Illness can strike at anyone. Loss might come through betrayal. Or maybe you lose friends because they move on or there's a rupture in the relationship. We have losses when we make failures, things that we ourselves have done wrong, and there are consequences to that. Painful memories can be sad, that have redundancy can bring losses. <clears throat> Decisions that we've made that have hurt others. And the list goes on and on and on. Many of us sustain 
losses and disappointments regularly throughout life. Perhaps one of the biggest is that we can become disillusioned with the church or church leaders or even with God himself because God did not do what we thought he ought to do in a certain situation. The question that Jesus wants to pose to us at the beginning of this new year are whether these losses will result in death and disappointment crushing our spirit and crushing our life. Or will the disappointment be a gateway to new opportunities of depths and transformation in Christ? Now, I just want to say this at the very beginning. Very often, when we um, sustain losses, we who know the Bible, we can say, oh, I know all things are working together for my good. And this is true. But it only works together for your good if you allow God to work within you through the circumstance. So I want to ask us, myself included, um, when we sustain losses, how do we handle them? When disappointments come our way, what is our track record for handling them? So perhaps the first thing we do when disappointments come our way <clears throat> is we take the disappointment and we shove it down. We don't want to look at it, shove it down. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to know about it. And we shove it down to the bottom. And we just stuff emotions, disappointment, and loss down into the depths of our being and carry on. There are other ways that we can deal with loss. Sometimes we can make ourselves incredibly busy so that we don't ever have to stop and take note of the disappointment and the loss. Sometimes we can watch TV for hours on end so that all of our spare moments are filled up with distraction. Sometimes we can become workaholics, working 70, 90, 100 hours a week. Sometimes we eat, drink, or take pills. Sometimes we might turn to more destructive things like pornography, anything to take away the edge of our pain. Or another thing we can do is that we demand that other people take away our pain. A husband, a friend, a partner, a church, a parent. We want other people to deal with our pain. We don't want to take responsibility for it ourselves. So, worldly responses to pain are usually twofold. We deny it or we medicate it. And in both of those situations, God cannot work that pain and disappointment for our good. And in actual fact, what will happen is 
When the bag of disappointment over the period of a lifetime becomes full, we start to leak. Because the body is to contain disappointment and grief and loss. And so we can leak in different ways. We can give people the silent treatment, or we become angry, or all sorts of ways it can manifest itself, even in physical illnesses, you know, in uh, arthritis, and all sorts of things can be caused by pain and by loss. But there is a biblical way that Jesus wants to speak to us about this morning, um, about how to deal with grieving, how to deal with disappointment, how to deal with loss. And the first thing that Jesus wants to say to us is this, pay attention to your loss. So, when you go into the Bible and you look at Job, Job did not run round saying, hey, everything's fine, guys. God's working it for good. I've got this. Job paid attention to his losses. The Bible, in fact, is full of people who pay attention to their losses. In the book of Psalms, Two-thirds of the book of Psalms, which is a book of worship, is all about lament. It's all about crying out to God, about pain, about loss. Lamentations, book of Job. Indeed, there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, where the laments of humanity are cried out to God. Ezekiel grieved, Daniel grieved, even Jesus himself grieved. So there are times, it says, when he went to see Lazarus, um, he wept. He was upset at the loss of Lazarus. When Jesus looked out over Jerusalem, he was grieved that these people would not turn to the living God. And when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he did not joyously embrace the cross. He asked three times, Lord, Father, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. And there's a very interesting verse in Hebrews, verse, chapter 5, verse 8, and it says, Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus, the perfect one, the one full of the Holy Spirit, he learned obedience through what he suffered. He opened himself up to the Father. He was honest about not wanting to embrace Gethsemane. If there was another way, please, can we take it? He poured out his heart before the Father and prayed through until he got through to a place of um, obedience. So the first thing that we have to do in dealing with disappointments is we have to pay attention to them. We have to take note, what are the losses in our lives? What are the disappointments? What are the things that have made me sad? 
Then the second thing Paul we have to do in biblically dealing with disappointment is that having poured out our lament to God, we have to wait in that confusing in-between. So the, the key to waiting on God, so if something hasn't gone the way you wanted it to, if you haven't married the man that you wanted to, if you haven't been able to have children, if the career hasn't worked out, if you've lost the friendship, if somebody in your family has died, if someone has become ill, we have to pour that out to God. But in order to wait for God to move in that disappointment, we have to do two things. And this is absolutely key to going forward. In the disappointment, we have to that God is good all the time. Because if you don't believe that God is good, the disappointment will overwhelm. But the cornerstone of our relationship with God, Guy prayed it out earlier on, is that God is good. The second thing that we have to do in the waiting is that we have to trust Jesus. We have to trust that Jesus is working out his solution to the disappointment. Jesus does not want us to stay there. He's working out a solution. But everything within us wants to take control and either medicate or fix things so that the pain goes away. This is what happened with Abraham. You know, Abraham had to wait for, Ish for Isaac, but he stepped in. 37, he created an Ishmael. Psalm 37 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And this is one of the hardest things in the whole world to do. Because often we do not know, we know we've suffered a loss, but we don't know what God is going to do to bring us through that loss. So this is where we develop character as we trust and we wait and we believe. But it's at this point where it's a really dangerous place because it's here that we can say, I believe that God works all things together for my good, but I refuse to wait until God has worked it for my good. And at that juncture, it's absolutely critical because you've endured the pain. Nothing can take that thing. But very often we act before we come into the blessing that God wants to give us. Do you see that? In that in-between phase, it is really, really critical. Having lamented the pain, having been honest about the disappointment and the loss, we have to continually keep coming to God to wait on him for what he wants to give us to replace that loss and to replace that disappointment. And then the third thing that we have to do to deal with grief biblically is to allow 
God to bring new life out of what was a disaster. Allow resurrection to follow death. Because this is one of the wonderful principles of scripture, that death is always followed by resurrection. It might not happen instantly, it might not happen within a week or two weeks, but if we will continue to trust God, having let go of the disappointment, Jesus will bring resurrection into our life. The new will replace the old. So why does God allow um, disappointments and hurts to come into our life? As we begin to embrace them, as we allow him to work through our life in disappointment as well as in blessing, a few things will happen. Grief and loss breaks my self-will. It breaks my desire to always be in control, to always have what I want, because I have to trust another. And learning to trust God is one of the greatest lessons, one of the greatest diamonds that we can ever have in our life is to trust the living God, to be able to trust him when what we see doesn't look good or what we see doesn't feel God, feel good. Trust is inestimable, but it can only be learned in the fire of disappointment or loss. Trust cannot be learned when everything's going well and I don't need to rely on God. Trust may only be learned in the furnace of these grief and loss. But that trust, if we will learn as a people to trust our Father and to trust Jesus, world, no end to what God can use us for in a fallen world. But trust, I think it was Guy earlier on again who prayed. It's not just a word. It's not just a, a nice ideology. It's something that has to be worked into our innermost being. And it's valuable. So don't try to get the quick fix or move on or medicate with our difficulties, with our losses, um, develop trust in the Almighty God. The second thing that is a treasure that's found in dealing with loss and disappointment is this. And again, I think this is a really important lessons of what he has us to learn at the beginning of the year because of what he has lined up for us. When you're beyond yourself, when you're in a place where you're not in control, 
where you're in a place that you don't understand, you also have to be able to let go of the need to understand. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit reveal many, many things to us. But there are equally many, many more that we will never understand this side of heaven. And we have to become a people who are happy to live like that. Why did that friend betray me? Why did that man steal all our money? Why did my papa die in the way that he did? Why? Why didn't my career... Why? Why? Why didn't I have the children that I would have wanted? Why? 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 Again, it comes down to this... God is good, and he loves you, and he loves me. But sometimes we won't understand this side of heaven. Why? We have to be able to be a people that are willing to let go and trust. The third reason, or the third treasure, that can come from a place of loss is this. When we let go of things... When we let go of things that have disappointed us, hurt us, grieved us, it makes more room for God. So I can hang on to my bitterness, my unforgiveness, my pain, and I can say, how could they do that? Things we've talked about, why did they do that? They shouldn't have done that. Or... All the things we've talked about, all the different, you know, why are they ill or why did so-and-so have to die when I prayed so hard? But if we will let go of these things, it leaves more room for Jesus to fill us and for the Spirit to fill us. There's greater capacity for us to be filled with God himself. And this is what Jesus did over and over he let go. He did not hang on to things, people, places. And that's why he became so filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the final treasure that comes from these times of loss, disappointment, and grief is this. It teaches us to pray. It teaches us, again, one of the great reasons to depend on God, not to depend on myself. And these lessons are absolutely fundamental for all the plans that God has for us. You know, let's say last year, at the end of last year, I met, um, I met some people who work in Africa. And they go into the Sudan. And... <clears throat> When they go into the Sudan, they are meeting with people who've never met white people before. And as they tootle in, well, they don't really tootle, but as they tootle in from, what's that country that begins with M? Oh, no, Kenya. I think it's Kenya. Um, they go in through Kenya, and they have to, there's a two-mile stretch where the road is really bad and the rocks are really high and it's a very dangerous place because in that place, um, there are snipers. 
<coughs> pirates who are snipers and they try to pick people. Once they get, they've got AK-47s. Once they get into Sudan, they stay in places, they have to live on the outside because where these tribes are, there's no housing estate, there's no housing block. They do take some tents with them. Um, they don't always make it. <laughs> and when they're asleep at night, you know, this, this chap said to me one night, he was, you know, he thought his friend had got very close and he thought, why is he rolled over? And he kept doing this throughout the night. Eventually, he decided to wake himself up. And he realized that there was a cobra next to him. And the cobra had gone and slid in between the friend and him. <clears throat> he told me quite a few other stories, which I haven't got time to tell you. But that's the key. He invited us. Thought it was a joke. Thought, Lynn, will you come? First, I thought it was a joke. But I realized he was deadly serious. And I thought, could I trust God in that situation? Because some of the people on their party were bitten by the snakes. And they had to crawl, one man had to crawl on his elbows. He had to pull his body along for miles until he got somewhere. And miraculously, there was somebody there that had the anti, the serum stuff to stop the... But this is why we have to learn to trust God. If I'm honest, I couldn't trust God. I could maybe deal with the AK-47s because I've been in lots of situations where my life has been in peril. But I couldn't deal with the snakes. I just, I couldn't. I would be dragged just through the screaming abdabs if I even so much as saw a snake. We, we were in Prague just recently. And as I was walking down the road, I was in a world of my own, and um, I suddenly realized there was a man here, and I suddenly realized he had a python around his neck. Well, you've never seen me move so quickly, you know, because I couldn't trust God. Now, we are never going to be able to trust God for the big things if we haven't learned to trust God in the smaller things. It's all incremental. But these, these things that we gain, we gain in the school of adversity. We gain um, in places that we'd rather not be. It's a bit like learning to love your enemies. You've got to have enemies in order to learn to love them. So this was what I felt God was saying this morning. At the beginning that God year, I think it was Helen, spoke about the adventures that God has for us, the plans that he has for us, the wonderful things that he wants to do in us and through us. But in order to do those things, it's no good... <clears throat> Tin tomatoes from Costco. It's no good if we enter the new year weighed down 
with disappointments, grief, and loss. Because the speed with which I could run to the back, <clears throat> weighed down with all of this, is substantially less as if I wasn't carrying all these disappointments and these losses and these griefs. And I feel the invitation of Jesus this morning and me, all of you, all of us. And take some time this week to come before the Father and to come before the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Allow him and allow yourself time to look inside, not in an introspective, you know, navel-gazing way, but to say, Lord, what are the things that weigh me down? What are the disappointments that I have sustained? And we, know we need to think over all the years that we've lived. It's not just what happened last week or yesterday. We've got some homework here. Well, it's not homework. It's, I don't know, what's the word? Resource. A resource pack. I was <laughs> And <clears throat> in here, there's a chart. I really would urge everyone to take it and to take it for people who are not here, your friends and your family. And it says, you know, what are the losses and disappointments that you experienced age 3 to 12? age 13 to 18, and so on and so forth. We won't go too high with the figures. But what are the losses that you've sustained? What are the areas of your life that haven't worked out as you wanted? What are the disappointments that you've sustained? What are the failures that you have created? We've all created failures. One of my biggest steps forward in God was on a day when God asked me about my failures not about my successes. But the Lord wants to gather us up in his arms and to deal with these disappointments if we will cooperate with him at the beginning of the year because he doesn't want us limping anymore with these things. He wants to set us our understanding and he wants to increase our understanding of his goodness, our trust, our leaning on him, so that we can come into all that he has for us in the new year. Gerald and I, well, Gerald, not me, um, Gerald works with a gentleman um, on his staff at uh, where he works. And nine months ago, um, Nine months ago, this man's wife was diagnosed with cancer. I can't quite... It was all in the linings of the stomach and the intestine, I think. Anyway, it was... And she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. This is her. Christmas Eve? A few days, A few days before Christmas, she passed away. Ajaday wrote about his wife and he wrote about the tragedy and it was beautiful. But one of the things he said was this, one constant 
throughout this tumultuous year has been an indescribable and unfathomable peace that only God can bring. The thought of facing life's storms without him by our side every step of the way is unthinkable. In fact, when you're in the midst of, the, of that, in the midst of the storm, Jesus doesn't watch you from a distance. He gets in the boat with you. Amen. Now these are deep truths. And not the ones I wanted to be sharing on January the 5th. But I do believe here an invitation from heaven this morning at the beginning of this year to take time to draw aside with Jesus to take these both of these resource packs and to think about the things that are weighing you down and to let go of them once and for all so that you may soar together with Jesus in his purposes for us in 2020.